Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. I'm your host, George Ellick, and this is the All Weather Championships Finals Day preview at Lingfield on Good Friday. And I am delighted to be joined by just one guest this time, but it's the guest that you all want, Andy Holding, Odds Checker's very own horse racing tipster. Andy, the flat is pretty much back. And how are you finding it? Yeah, I've enjoyed watching it. I haven't had that many bets. Um, had a crack at the Lincoln and went off the winner because of the draw, uh, much to my um, stupidity. But that's going to be a common theme, I no doubt, through the rest of the year. Uh, just trying to put the right uh, pegs in the right holes. But no, it's been uh, been enjoyable, fun, uh, fun watching it. It's nice to actually watch them racing where they're not slogging around a three-mon handicap chase somewhere and finishing on their knees, uh, even though I'm a jumps fan. But mm. look, it's a great time of year we've got. Aintree coming up, punches down, intermingled with the start of the flat, you know. So exciting times uh, under both codes. Sun is shining, the flat is back, summer is nearly here. And regular listeners to this podcast or viewers will have heard a few hard luck punting stories from me in the past. And with the Lincoln, it was <laughs> it was another one. I've never done this before, Andy, but I, uh, I bat the winner at, you know, about three to one and it went off 9.5 on the, on the exchange. Mm. Um with Bessels guarantees. I watched it. I cheered at home that turn of foot with the with the apprentice getting him up and refreshed my balance, refreshed my balance, refreshed my balance. I couldn't work out why I wasn't paying out. I had a look at my bets and I backed the wrong horse. Oh no. I've literally never done it in my life. And I'm still, you know, nearly wow. a week later, absolutely smarting about it. Um mm. because got a nice juicy drift as well. But enough about that. No one <laughs> no one cares. Let's try and back an actual winner and back the right horse here. Uh, before we get into the racing, just going to point the listeners and viewers in the direction of the Odds Checker app. Do download it now. Get Andy's tips straight to it on the morning of every single day's racing. Best bookie offers, place terms, uh, the best prices, of course. We'll be talking in terms of the best prices in the podcast today. And as I say, we're going to be covering the all-weather finals day at Lingfield on Friday. We're going to be just going through the cards. So starting with the first race, which is the two o'clock. <laughs> it's the marathon over two miles. And Rainbow Dreamer is the three-to-one favourite. We're recording this, I should say, just after midday on Wednesday. So just got um, decks in and uh, the markets are reforming kind of as we speak. And Rainbow Dreamer is the three-to-one favourite. That is with Sporting Index. Uh, Ranch Hand, seven-to-two. Uh, Amtiaz five to one, Rock Eagle five to one, six to one, Australis twelve to one, Lucky Deal, Island Brave is sixteen to one. Only seven run at the moment, which isn't a great thing for the betting propositions. I guess you just got about the winner, Andy. Uh, any strong views here? Um, not overly. Um, luckily, we're not dealing with the draw in this race, of course. Um, mm. Like we are later on, I think the draw has made some kind of uh, an effect on on how we think and how we play those races later on. But more of those races when we deal with them. But I have noticed in the last few years that this race in particular, that the, the field sizes have got smaller. So they've probably become a little bit more tactical than they have in, in, in a bygone era. Um, and it's quite difficult to work out which one of these is going to benefit in the way this race is likely to pan out because there's no guaranteed pace as such. Um, you're, you're really probably looking at the horse who's got the best all-round game, i.e. can travel well, doesn't expend too much energy, and then has got that crucial turn of foot towards the back end of the race. They've all kind of like got similar form lines. A lot of them have been taken on each other at some stage. Rock Eagle, Amtiaz, Lucky Deal, that they've fought out a finish at Kempton a couple of runs ago. Uh, Rainbow Dream is probably better at Newcastle. 
Um, he's yet to race here at Lingfield. I did notice Ranchand as well. He's a very strong stayer. He, he was good at Chelmsford last time, but he's never raced at Lingfield. And Wolverhampton seems to be Astralis's track um, and an island brave Newcastle. So I, I think the value at the moment is it stands because he's run around the track a couple of times. He's, he's the Gosden runner, Amtiaz. Obviously, he's trained by an informed stable. We know that, you know, that um, ticks quite a few boxes. Um, and it, he's got a little, just a little bit to find with, with Rock Eagle and, and Lucky Deal on the Kempton run. But he's, he's won um, at Kempton next time out. He's obviously progressing. But he's quite a handy type. He, he he doesn't have to lead. He can just race in behind the in the in the in behind the pace. But he's quite a handy type, and I think he'll come down the hill really well here at Lingfield. He certainly did when he was um, in his first two runs. Um, he's had that tra- valuable track form, um, which I think is going to be invaluable. So, at the prices in and around the eleven to two mark, you just quoted me there. Even though officially he's got a bit to find at the weights, I, I think he might he might turn out to be the value better a lot. Five to one, best price at the moment. Five That's to one, yeah. Paddy Power, Betfair Sportsbook, and Unibet. Uh, Amtiaz, the one Andy was, is siding with at the moment, but of course, only two places, a quarter of the two with seven runners. Uh, move on now to the Phillies and Mares, which is the 235 run over seven furlongs. And there are six here, six runners. In the Angel is the even money favourite ahead of Fizzy Feet. Uh, Shimmering Dawn, five to one. Arafi, eight to one. 20 to 1, uh, Niroda and Folas for George Bowie is 25 to 1. Indie Angel, you know, a pretty short five, pretty short price favourite here. Is this a banker of the day or one you're looking to take on? No, I think this uh, is a good thing, um, as the market suggests, George. Uh, she was really good here when she won the Fleur de Lis, um back in, I think it was October, November. Not October, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, beat, beat all the right horses in inverted commas. Uh, Lavender's Dream, who is a very reliable horse, was second. Uh, I think Cloak of Spirits was sent off even money favour that day. Obviously got form tied in with uh, Group 2 and Group 3 horses. And uh, the horse of um, of William Haggis's that finished third went over to Dundalk next time out and absolutely hit the ball out of the park on, on the time figure. So the form has worked out really well. Uh, alumna. So she's just pretty much ticks all, all the boxes you're looking at here. She's obviously won over the track. I don't see having any problems dropping back in in in, in trip to to seven furlongs because she got plenty of seven furlongs class on the on the grass prior to her victory over a mile, uh, and she's got a great ten of foot as well. You know she came home in mm. twenty two and change when she won here uh, that day when we saw her last, and you know it's obviously been an early season target for for the Thady and John Gosden um, camp. They've obviously earmarked this. They they recognise that she's got solid all weather form. There's no real obvious race in the in the first part of the month in the season on the grass where they would go with her other than coming here. So I think this will kick start a season off nicely. One would imagine that Fizzy Feet would lead. That's the usual tail of the tape with that one. Usually sets the uh the field along at a merry or takes the field along at a merry dance. Uh, she'll go around the inside in front and one would imagine Martin Harley will just sit chilly in behind from stall one and take a lead and then pull out and hopefully do it for a turn of foot down the straight. That's pretty much how the way I see it. So yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty decisive uh, vote in the in the favour of Indie Angel. Indie Angel, as I say, even money at the moment. That's with William Hill and Bet Victor Martin Harley rides. And as you mentioned in the first race, John Godston and Thady Godston, his son, uh, now holding a joint license and have got off to an absolute flyer. Easy, easy lark this training game, isn't it? <laughs> uh, for Thady Godston, yeah. Uh, I think it helps maybe when your dad's John Godston and you have the kind of horses that, that he's got. Just a uh, bit. On to the sprint, the three 
10 and Harry's Bar is the 4 to 1 favorite uh, ahead of Summerhand at 6 to 1. Ventress 7 to 1, uh Lampang is 15 to 2, 8 to 1 Exalted Angel, 8 to 1 Abarama Gold, 10 to 1 Bar. Uh, 12 runners here and a couple of firms already going four places uh, and you know if the last was a trappy affair with a short price favorite this one is a pretty open race and Andy one that I'm hoping you can solve hopefully yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Adrian McGuinness Adam McGuinness I think he's gonna have a fantastic year he's done really well with buying other um, other um, trainers cast offs and almost turning turning them around even though they were good horses in the in the first place Harry's mm. bar um, take him for instance who's favourite for this final. Um, he's already won a few races over in Dundalk. Um, and this has been his target um, for a little little while now. The only problem with him, he's gone and bagged stall number 12, which is not easy to overcome. He mm. does like it here at Lingfield when trained by James Fanshawe, so we know he handles the trap, but he's going to do really well. It's not as if he's been priced up on his draw either. I think he's been chalked up sort of like that's the, that's the anti-post price he's been tra- trading at, and, and bookmakers have left him at 4-1, to one, even though He's gone and bagged the the hor- hor- horrible draw, so I'd probably want to oppose him. Um, Summergan's got the visor on. I notice that might bring around a little bit of change in his fortunes, but I'm not necessarily sure that Lingfield is his track. I think he wants a, a stiff galloping track like an Ascot, like a Goodwood, a uh, straight track. I'm not because you know, his runs around Lingfield haven't really convinced. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Exalted Angel here, um, who's who's bagged a reasonably good draw, still number five, single figured. Likes to race prominently. Was a good winner here of the um, um, qualifier back in February. When beating a similar field to today in quite a good time figure, as you'd imagine those high-end handicaps are always good time figures. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, I have noticed that form already is beginning to work out well. Mum's Tipple, who was sixth and, and didn't get the clearest of runs that day, went on to win at Wolverhampton next time out. Summergan was in there as well. So it's already beaten quite a lot of the horses it's going to take on here. Um, on Friday, um, I do like Carl Burke as well in these these big races. He's especially with these sprinters. He, he's he's always a, very much a target man, and he, I would have thought he, was, he he would have kept him nice and fresh. He's been off the track for fifty five days, um, so he should race quite handily. You know, he doesn't like I say he doesn't have to leave, but there's bound to be plenty of pace on. You've got Lord Ridderford drawn stall three. He probably wants five furlongs, but he'll go off quickly. And there are Brian, you know, Aberama Gold as well, another horse that likes to force the pace. So he should get the perfect setup with a lot of speed on the inside of him. You got Aberama Gold one, Lord Ridderford drawn three. He's drawn five. You could see him going around that top bending, probably no worse than third or fourth, mm. just like he was when he won here uh, back <clears> in February. So everything really should set up quite nicely for Exalted Angel. And he's eight to one as well, which is a bit of a bonus. I didn't think he'd be as big a price as that. 8-1, to one, Paddy Power, uh, Betfair Sportsbook and Bet Victor. Just because this is obviously a, a race where the draw is incredibly important and we'll have a lot of people who know Lingfield well and understand that a wide draw, especially coming around that tight bend with a short short home straight, makes it very difficult. I mean, how, how much would you dissuade those who are thinking, you know, who think Harry's bar is a good thing and, and who rec- reckon that that 4-1 to one has a bit of juice in it when you are coming from wide at Lingers over, over six furlongs? I think the draw is more important in the sprint races in, in respect if you're drawn high like Harry's bar is to begin with. Mm. It just makes it very difficult to get into the position that you want because there's no problem coming wide at Lingfield and the home straight. Actually, in in the middle part of the track, finishing well down the middle is usually the place to be at Lingfield. You don't really yeah. want to be sucked onto that inside fence. 
So if you if you are drawn one in your lead and then you get pinned down on the rail, mm. that ends up being a disaster. You want a limited combination of both. You don't want to be too low, too high. You want to be somewhere where Exalted Angel is, so you can just race off the curb, but then come wide down the middle when you slingshot out. Yeah. So all I'm saying is Harry's Bar from stall 12 is going to have to take his medicine and drop right out the back or be forced to race hard into the first bend to try and hold his position. So it's the pressure, it's the it's the it's the um, levels of energy he's going to be expending early, which is the problem, rather than a wide draw being an issue. Because because I don't mind you challenging wide at Lingfield, but it's how far back he is yeah. or how much energy he's used up in that early part of the race against quality sprinters. And when you're dealing with only a length or two either way, which is the difference between winning and losing in these kind of races, I think he might just lose you you lose enough for him not to be at his absolute maximum. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the price, like I say, if he's like a ten to one, you know, well, I'll take my chance. But four to one, you, you haven't got much juice in that price. Four to one, and then after a few strides, he could be five wide and too far back. Exactly. And then yeah, he's, he's he's bound to drift in the in running markets because you know, from being on level terms, he's going to be four or five behind the pace setters. So yeah, it's not it's not ideal. Um, Harry's Bar would have been one of my picks here, but I can't back him from stall twelve, knowing the historic data that we have at Lingfield from from a wide draw. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll move on to the three-year-old race now, the 3.45. And Diligent Harry is the uh, is the 9-4 to favourite. Uh, another Harry uh, is the favourite here. Uh, Mighty Gurkha is 7-2. to two. Apollo 1 is 9-2. to two. Uh, Zamani, 8-1. to one. Victory Heights, 8-1. to 16-1 to one bar. 10 run here. Not so keen on Harry's, bar, cha- Harry's bar's chances. What about Diligent Harry? I, th- I think going forward, this is one of the nicest ho- horses running on this card. Um, he's created a real favourable impression on his first two runs. I mean, remember, he won at Wolverhampton first time out. He was very well touted. But he knew his job, George, that day. He could tell that he'd been well drilled, well schooled. He-, he-, he hit the lids. He was always in front or close to the lead. And he-, he was too good for um, the market leader, Matt uh, Batcher, on that day. And then he went to Kenton and he was seven to one on and couldn't fail. But he made the running again that day. So when he came here to Lingfield, one you would have expected him to after two runs to know exactly what he's doing. But lo and behold, he went and dwelt coming out of stalls. Mm. And when he's gone up a grade, a notch up in grade like he did that day against um a lot of horses who'd got plenty of experience, such as Rohan, who ended up winning the race, um, Bedford Flyer, Charlie Fellow, significantly, that kind of horse. He was he was on the back foot and he was he, he actually meant that he was racing a little bit wide as well not ideal so the the first thing I think that Adam Kirby is going to probably try and have to do on Friday is get him into a, a better tactical position than he was um, the other day out of stall five as well which is a out of stall five which is yeah. right in the middle which is which is good if you hit the lids and get in, in get into that position where I said but he doesn't want what he doesn't want he doesn't want horses converging on him yeah. if he misses the break and they, and they go all like that and then go forward because all of a sudden, he's going to be in the same posse as he was last time. Um, like I say, I'm a big fan of this horse. He almost bailed himself out of trouble the other day by finishing his race off well. Um, I, th- I think he's going to end up being a group group two, group three horse on the turf going forward. Like I said, I think I think it's going to be a good season for him because he's got lots of physical scope uh, and, and room for improvement. I don't really like his price now. I know um, he's been much bigger in midweek. I think he was like four or five to one in midweek and... Everyone seems to have cottoned on to him. Um, mm. Would I back in to get anything against him? Possibly not. 
Um, like I say, he's, he's, at the moment, he's at one of the, I'm at crossroads with myself with what, what price I'd probably put him up at. He's one of the ones I'm looking to put up, but I might might have to wait for him to drift up to sort of three to one, up to up towards the three to one mark maybe before I'd step in. Uh, there'll be loads of pace on there. Mighty Gurkha, strong front runner, Apollo one again, strong front runner, plenty of pace. So you're going to have to be on your metal to win this race. You're going to have to be virtually in the right place at the right time for everything to fall just right. At least you've got Kirby on your side with Diligent Harry, and I'm sure he'll be more aware of what's what's going to go on around him than he was last time, because I think he probably thought he could still miss it and win last time out, and, and mm. unfortunately come unstuck. Yeah, the the horse that, that beat it last time, uh, Rohan, one of the stories of the all-weather season. Incredible, uh, was, yeah. Was rated 55 uh, for the first handicap win, and now up to 95 after beating Diligent yeah, Harry last time. I, I have... Um... I've had one or two interesting conversations with George Scott over that horse. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's a it's a dagger through his heart every time he sees him win. So yeah, um, sure. yeah enough said on that. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, another <laughs> one, Catum, the other one for George Bowie, doing similar things. One again yesterday. Uh, yes. Incredible, incredible. It must be a hell of a, a hell of a ride to to own a horse like that. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with Diligent Harry nine to four, as I mentioned with Bet Victor and Sporting Index at the moment. Andy hoping for a little bit of a drift there, and maybe we'll see it in put up in the column on Friday morning. Uh, on then to the four fifteen. Uh, which is the middle distance. So over a mile and two furlongs, six runners here, and Bangkok is the five to four favourite ahead of Forest of Dean at seven to four. Uh, assimilation at nine to one, Pavlicino 12 to one, Sky Defender 16 to one, and Byford 25 to one. A bit of a match at the top of the market here, Andy. Do you think the market has them the right way around? I think so, yeah. Uh, you know, they finished um, in the order that the betting has them in um, when they last met. Bangkok beat Forrester Dean. I think Forrester Dean's improved subsequently. Of course, that win in the Winter Derby suggests that. I thought he was brilliantly ridden by Rav Havlin that day, um, more than anything else. He, he he gained the tactical battle with um, his other two um, jockeys who rode Felix and um, Father of Jazz that day. Um, he just basically got first run in a very slowly run race. It was tactical. Um, if it pans out like that again on Friday, then there's a decent chance it might happen again, but I've got a sneaky feeling there's going to be more of a gallop on this time because you've got Palavicino and Sky Defender in there. They won't want to be hanging around. It's basically no point those two horses letting this develop into a sprint because they're just not sprint finishers. They haven't got the kind of turn of foot that Bangkok and Forrester Dean have got, so they've got to try and do something to drag the stamina out of those two horses. But if it does go cleanly in an an, an orderly race, uh, then I, I still fancy Bangkok. Um, he's he's just very good round here in, in general terms. Very reliable. He's run the other day beyond Mishrif. Once again, was a a classic case of connections trying to probably fly a little bit too high. But I mean, that was an incredibly hot race as we as mm. we saw with Mishrif winning again. I mean, uh, that, that that's probably one of the the most toughest dirt races and and highly contested dirt, dirt races you're likely to see. Uh, but back on the poly track, I think, you know, where he glides down the bend and, and shows a good turn of foot, hopefully that'll play into his strength. So, yeah, I, I, similar to Indy, um, Indy Angel early on in the card, I think it could be one for favourite backers here. I mean, it, it's interesting to see uh, a horse like Bangkok sent out to, to for the Saudi Cup kind of in the middle of, of, of the winter. It, we often talk, I mean, mainly in national hunt racing, I guess, about horses having kind of tough campaigns and tough seasons. Would you have any issue at all with the kind of globe trotting nature that, that you know this could come as a 
not not it's coming at the end of a, of a period where he's traveled and he's had a really difficult race as you mentioned it can't be ideal and, and, and i'm sure that's got to be factored into your thought process but it just depends on horse doesn't it george i mean mm. bangkok's used to flying around the world and he's come back after tough trips before and he's been fine um you could argue that going out there and being on a being on a sunbed for a, a week or so <laughs> two doesn't do anyone any harm including yeah, I horses do <laughs> uh, i mean look at mishriff i mean like i say he went toe to toe with one of the best American dirt horses in the world. Literally had to be carried out on his shield, and then he he pops up fresh as paint. He wins um, over in um, Maidan over the weekend, as if you know he hadn't been anywhere. So mm. a lot depends on the horse, and I'm sure um, Bangkok's. You know he's he's had enough. He's had enough experience of those kind of uh, um, um, uh, uh, flights around the world to know exactly what he's doing. So I, I don't, I don't see it as a major, major problem. If, if it's the first time he's done it, and then when he's come back, he's run badly. I'd say yes, but it's not never been the case with him. Uh, moving on then to the penultimate race on the card, which is the mile. Um, Kuzam is the eleven to four favourite ahead of Mum's Tipple at seven to two. Uh, intuitive six to one. Fox Duty Free seven to one. Documenting seventeen to two. Nine to one. Silver Quartz uh, ten to one. Bar Andy, over to you. Yeah, this is a belt. I think this is the most competitive race in the card. Actually, um, you can make cases out for quite a few of these. Um, Silver Quartz. I've been keeping my eye on him. Um, he's been doing really well over in France. Loves the all weather. Um, he's a much better horse. I mean in the care of his uh, current connections than he was over here before. I think he was with Archie Watson. He never quite made the grade. Um, I was very impressed with Kuzan when he won at um, Chelmsford the other day. I think he's probably going to be slightly overbet in the market or slightly overestimated. I think this is a good deal tougher than what he faced that day. Um, Fox Duty Free has been on a real roll, got a smart turn of foot, nice attitude. The form of his races has worked out really well. But... For me, the class angle coming into this race here was Mom's Tipple. Um, it, ever since he, when he won that that big race at York by nine lengths, and um, I think he broke the track record that day over six mm. furlongs, he's been a real disappointment. Um, but they finally worked him out, I think. Um, they stepped him up in trip to Wolverhampton the other day, up to seven. And I was really impressed by the way he went through that race. He, he brushed aside a really good field in, in uh, exemplary fashion. And I think that could be a stepping stone for for uh, brighter days ahead. Uh, I think the step up to a mile will be fine. He, he tried he's tried a mile before he didn't get it, but like I say, it was on the turf, and for some reason he just wasn't in form last year. He just had a... Mm. I don't think he really recovered from that from that York win, if, I, if I'm the truth to be told. Um, and it's taken him a year to shake that off because it's such a massive effort on the numbers. But he just looked a happy horse the other day, and, and um, he's got a good draw. We know he handles the track. He handled it well over six furlongs at the time before. He's a bit lucky, actually. He was doing all his best work at the end. So I'd probably be favouring him. Uh, and a favourable mention also goes out to Intuitive as well. Horse that loves it here at Lingfield. Didn't get the run of the race last night and a very, very slow run four in a race when he got nutted by Grove Ferryham to make his own running. That didn't really suit him that day. But in a strongly run, bigger field, I could see him being a player as well. So um, I'll probably wait to the day with that one and see how the prices settle down. But my, my gut instinct at the moment is, is looking towards Mum's tip, Tipple. Mum's tipple is seven to two with Paddy Power, Betfair Sportsbook, Bet Victor, Betfred, and Sporting Index, and Intuitive six to one across the board at the time of recording. Uh, 
We've just got the last race to go, Andy, and there aren't any prices out because it's the Apprentice Handicap. Probably won't be prices out until Thursday evening, I wouldn't have thought. Um, I mean, 14 entered, just in case you, there are any that you want to flag up now, just to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, Air Harbour would have been my first choice. Uh, I can imagine Connections are absolutely horrified with the draw that they've got. Yeah, They've basically laid this horse out ever since it won the last time out. This has been the target for a long, long time. He's won here over the course and distance before. His last time he, he shipped up here over a year ago. And they've gone to the trouble of booking the man of the moment, um, ben, Benoit de la Sayette, of course. Mm. Uh, not an unusual jockey booking by uh, Mick Appleby, but you can imagine the Chris Dixon and the boys of spotted yeah. a loophole. They think, well, we'll just we'll just talk, we'll just take an extra seven pounds off. But he's he's probably going to need more than seven pounds after on stall fourteen or fourteen. Yeah, um, that is a real nasty one that is to overcome. Um, the one who's got the best draw and who's got the the solid course and distance form in the bag, and he will want a mother and father of a gallop to be at his best. But when under those circumstances arise, he's always usually. Uh, at, uh, you know, uh, he brings his A game to the table, and that's total commitment. Mm. Um, he almost seems a veteran nowadays, doesn't he? With, you know, he's a five-year-old, but he seems to be going around forever. Yeah. Um, but give a strongly run seven furlongs at Linford, he comes out supremely well on our time figures that we keep. He's gone and bagged a good draw for him. He, he likes to race just in behind the speed, like I say, not too far on the round, not too wide. He should be able to slingshot himself out of trouble, turning for home. He could be underestimated because, like I say, there's a lot of sexy ones in this that have got. Ones by the name and plenty of back class, but if they bet down to four places, I'd I'd be quite keen to get with him. So that brings us to an end of the preview for the All Weather Championships finals. Do subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel. We've got loads of content coming up. Really exciting week next week where we have the Masters preview podcast. Masters back again next weekend with uh, Nar Lines, our, our tipster, and Ben Coley from Sporting Life joining us as well. I'm unbelievably excited to sit down with those two even over skype and just chat about the masters for an hour or so and then next week as well two separate entry previews we've got ed quigley and andrew thornton on for the thursday and friday preview and then andy you're back with andrew thornton for the grand national day the saturday preview so all of that coming up next week so do subscribe to the podcast do subscribe to the youtube channel as well plenty more content coming out through the year also do download the odds checker app for the best prices bookie offers free bets place terms everything else you could want including andy's tips on the morning of every day's racing thank you very much to andy please gamble responsibly and do enjoy the racing on friday Mm -hmm.